Thank you. I'm crying. <laughs> hey, do you know how badly I wish I could just hug you guys right now? Because <laughs> I'm like, Great we're hug. talking about this. I'm like, I totally want to hug you or hold your hand or something. Like, I would say, wow. <laughs> so you this too. is the podcast episode that um, <laughs> Rebecca makes all of us cry. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Wild Roads Podcast with Shonalee and Paula Ivy. Today we have a beautiful guest with us, Rebecca Nash Hampson. Okay, we're so excited (laughs) to have you on here, Rebecca. But before we begin, we have hashtag awkward question time where we do a bit of an icebreaker question just to get the conversation flowing. We know that you have a wedding photography business. And I myself used to do wedding photography as well. So I've been to quite a few weddings in my day. And the question that I have today is, this is like a two-party. You can answer either part of this question. What was the song that you walked down the aisle to? Or if you have not walked down the aisle, this is open to everybody who listens to this podcast as well. If you have not walked down the aisle, uh, what is a song that you absolutely love to hear when you're at a wedding. Like when you're at a wedding, you're like, ah, this is such a wedding song. Okay. As horrible as it is to say, especially oh, I love- our anniversary. Totally. <laughs> anniversary is like days away. Um, I don't remember what I walked down the aisle to. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How long ago did you get married had- though? S- seven years. Oh, that's That's a little while. So that's where I'm like, I can tell you, we had two first dance songs and I can tell you exactly what those were and every lyric of them. But I don't remember what I walked down the aisle to. I was just trying to breathe and hold it together. Yeah. <laughs> I never see my husband get like teary eyed and my daughter Aww. and my dad were both walking me down the aisle. I was an emotional mess. I don't remember what song was playing. Oh, oh. that's well, of course you don't. What was your first dance songs? So our first dance songs were A Thousand Years, Christina Perry. And oh. um, then there's another one from Poets of the Fall that it's called All the Way for You. Oh, I don't um, know that one. Those, are, those were our two first dance songs. And it honestly, like we had a long list and we came down to those two songs. And I laugh because um, I play piano and my husband plays guitar and his choice of song was almost all guitar play based and mine was almost all piano based and we just couldn't choose one between the two so um we ended up having two first dances well that's beautiful oh yeah well there you go perfection it is perfection choices it's so it's so interesting to see Yeah. yeah It is. What was yours, Sean? Well, do you want to share your walk down the aisle song or do you want to share your favorite wedding song? Well, uh, we, my first marriage, we eloped. So we didn't actually have any music at all, which is craziness for someone that absolutely lives and breathes music. Yeah. So that might have been a bit of something in that, but (laughs) (laughs) put an omen on it. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, and, you know, um, I haven't been married again, so I don't have a story to tell, but I do, it's really interesting because I have thought about what would it be and I go to and from, like, I love being a bit 
I love being a bit quirky, and but I also love music. And I love feeling through music. So I go times where I'll listen and go, oh, my God, this has to be my wedding song one day. And it'll be something beautiful and just um, very romantic. And then there'll be like sometimes I just want to rock down there like to Billy Idol White Wedding, like just, you know, do something really fun like that, you know. And so, yeah, it'll be very interesting if I ever do get married again one day what it would be. So, but I love, I don't know, I just love weddings full stop and I'm always on the dance floor the whole time because Mm. every song it's just something about weddings when you just have that mix of genres and you know because there's you know um, two different people with different tastes and they um, you know bring it all together there's something special about that what about yours P? Definitely well uh, we got married on lord howe island and so we were we did like an outdoor wedding and there was a local guy who actually would he was like the landscaper there like one of the guys that tended to the gardens and he was like a singer and he's like i'll sing while you walk down the aisles like sweet um oh wow. he was amazing he was amazing really? so he sung an acoustic version of um islands by the xx if you know that song uh, do i know i don't you'll have to remind me I'll I'll share with you the song afterwards because I won't be able to. Oh, you're not going to sing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sing it, sing it. it. Okay, hang on, let me get it. (laughs) I am yours now, so that I don't have to leave. <laughs> I don't know. This oh, song. I'm going to Google it. Google it and listen. To it. You probably know it. It's it's oh, it came out I think early 2000s. The XX are kind of like a um, they're kind of like an alternative kind of uh, it's like a brother and a sister. I think are oh. they a brother and sister or are they a couple? I don't know. It's kind of like the White Stripes. So they're brother and sister or are they a couple? I can't remember. Hey. I think they're brother and sister. Yeah, kind of a little bit electronic. Kind of a little bit like grungy but also very like moody sort of not too up tempo that sort of vibe so oh, it was really cool to do cool. like a, an acoustic version and then yeah and then when we finished we had a beautiful girls song the beautiful girls is like a local they actually grew up on the northern beaches here in sydney um oh, one of their songs gorgeous. that they did as well but then yeah at the actual reception we didn't have a dj or anything like that we created our own playlist because it was you know it was it was a small island they don't have like this set up to have like you know all the wedding things so yeah i just did a playlist on one of our devices and oh i spent this is how much of a nerd i am i spent like <laughs> weeks like curating like the perfect playlist I bet you did. I, was like, I do not gotta, doubt that for a second. Yeah, it's got to start off like setting the vibes. Everybody's standing yep. around mingling at the beginning and then it has to ease into like the dance part of the, yep. the night, which it did and it was awesome. Very Fantastic. proud of that playlist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's cool. What did, did you do the whole, you know, um, the last song where you're saying goodbye to everyone? No, because we didn't no. leave. <laughs> Oh, that's the party I like to see. So we didn't have we didn't have a song. We didn't even dance. We didn't do a dance because my husband refuses to dance in front of other people. So Uh, we didn't do a first dance. We 
had didn't have sit down it was like cocktail it was like stand up mingling drinks open bar oh, it was just yeah it was it wasn't traditional at all we actually actually when we were writing our vows and like the ceremony itself we met with the the guy that was officiating the wedding and the island and we said legally what do we have to have in the ceremony and he's like you have to have this this and this and we're like cool all right, we'll have that and then we'll say like a few lines each. And our ceremony was literally like six minutes. It was <laughs> That's so the short. Best. <laughs> it was ridiculously short. Yeah, so we had the ceremony and then, yeah, we signed the the papers there and I think that actually took longer than what the actual ceremony did. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, your hits. Oh, I love it. What beautiful stories. Yes. That's so cool. And both of you being photographers, like you would see amazing. And you, Rebecca, you actually do wedding photography still. Is that correct? Yep. This is, uh, we actually just celebrated 13 years of wedding photography. Wow. That's so cool. I did a few years. I cannot imagine being in the industry for 13 years. Like that was just me though. But like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's so amazing. I I love what I do. Um, I love weddings in general. There was a time when I was like, I'm going to be a hair and makeup artist so I can do weddings. And then it was like, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a wedding planner. And actually this summer I got to be a wedding planner because all of my weddings for my business were canceled or rescheduled. And so one of my friends who is a wedding planner, she's like, I've had staff that can't come out because of COVID. I have staff that are now heavily pregnant that weren't expecting to be. <laughs> are you available for some oh. Because you know how weddings work. And I was like, sure, why not? So I went out and did like day of coordination for a few weddings as part of their team, which was really fun because it was like, okay, so this has come up. How are we going to deal with it? I'm like, well, we can do this or this. What do we want to do? Let's just do it. That's <laughs> so had awesome. much fun. How fun. That's the best. Oh, my gosh. And with your wedding photography business, you work with your husband. Is this correct? Do I get that um, right? Is he, he in the business? out if required. He is also a photographer, but he is not a wedding photographer. Our running oh, joke okay. here is I do wedding photography and brand photography. He does nature, landscape, wildlife. Basically, he does anything that can't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely the people person in this relationship. If I if I need an extra body, he will come out with me. But most of the time, honestly, I will hire it out to somebody else to come be my second because <laughs> he is not a romantic. He is not a fan of weddings, and he doesn't like people very much. That said, he does fantastic when he does come out with Aww. me, but it's just not his preference. Yeah. No. It's not something he can uphold for a, like a long period of time. It's like every now and then it's okay, but like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same way with him because I laugh. Like our first time that we went out on a photography workshop together, um, he took me out on a wildflower photography and landscape photography workshop for three days with a mentor of his that he absolutely loved. And he'd been on other trips with them. And so like the one morning we get up, we leave the hotel at like five o'clock in the morning to hike up to this spot to get the sunrise over these beautiful bluffs. And it's stunning. It's absolutely yeah. stunning. And I'm the person that I... I can't use a tripod because I can't still that long. Um, so like yeah, I'm going yeah. around and I'm getting my photos. Everybody else is still <laughs> setting up their gear and I've got all the photos I want. And I'm now walking around photographing the other photographers. Oh, um, wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, I'm done now. I've done okay. I've got all my shots. I'm done. Yeah, I've got Let's pack up. Need. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I needed like 20 minutes. Everybody else is still setting up their cameras and everything. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, now I'm going to photograph the people and any animals we <laughs> can find. And <laughs> that's okay. Well, I was trying I to think there was, there was a different streaming app that we used back then that was a whole thing. And I've totally, it's gone on me. Gone from it. It'll come back. It will come back. But it was just funny because it ended up that every location we went to, I would go and take my photos. I would take photos of people taking photos and of this mentor working with people. And then I'd go find a corner a little bit off with some beautiful scenery and just hop on live with people and be like, hey guys, here's what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) You're wild. I love it. That's so funny because that's so me. Like I can't stand still when I take photos. I wanted to just talk a little bit about before we talk about like the work that you're doing now with your business as well aside from the wedding photography I just wanted to talk about your collection of cameras because okay so Rebecca and I met online a little while ago and obviously both being photography nerds we kind of connected and went oh my god soulmates anywho Rebecca sends me this video (laughs) in my in my dms one day just showing me she's like oh yeah this is our collection of cameras because you know you talk a lot about um buying old cameras and fixing them up and and all of this sort of stuff and I'm like kind of had a picture in my head of like you're like yeah we've got cabinets of them everywhere and I kind of had this picture in my head of like what that would look like like oh they probably have about this many cameras wow that's like I'm sure it's an impressive collection but then you send me this video and it was like literally walking around your entire house was just covered covered in cameras. I was wow. just like, my jaw was on the floor. I'm like, what is going on here? This is incredible. Yeah. So I keep joking with my husband that in our next house, we need to have a room just for the cameras. Um, because mm. at this point, it started out with just a few cameras that were interesting to us or had sentimental meaning, like from a family member or something. And then when other people started seeing that we were collecting them and that we were interested in them, they started handing down ones from their families. Um, And then it started to become a thing. We would go antiquing and pick up these cameras. So I actually have to send you updated photos. There's more. You are not going to. I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head. I know we're over 200. I think we're approaching 220 film cameras. Um, we have a separate fridge and freezer just for film because we only buy them if they're in working condition um, or wow. close to it and we know how to fix it. So, yeah, we have cameras starting from the late 1880s until now. So that cool. is cool. We're photo nerds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to take full credit for this because it really is my husband's collection. But yeah. uh, there's a few of them that in there that are mine. There are a few that are my daughter's. Um, and then it just has become the thing we do that it's like, oh, we have extra time. Let's go antiquing. And we go out. And at first it was totally his thing because I hadn't really done a lot of film photography before getting into the business. And then it became I was the researcher. I'd be on my phone researching when he'd be like, can't remember if this one does this or this. And I'd be like, "Mm, yeah, no, it does this. And you know, that's a good price or that's overpriced based on whatever I could find online. And then it kind of became our thing that we do together. So we have a few oddities I'd say in the collection. 
now I wish I'd brought some of them down with me because they're upstairs. Oh. But, uh, like, I mean, we have cameras that are literally this big. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And we have like the, the old school, um, I always call it the spy camera. It's not really a spy camera, but to me, it is the one that you have to do this to be able to get it to the shutter to fire. That you oh, see yeah. Movies, where it's just this thin little thing. Yeah. And we have yeah. one of those. Oh, yeah. I need to come to Canada and come play at your house. Cause... Come on over anytime. <laughs> you know that girl. You guys are absolutely welcome here anytime. And I will take you awesome. off on adventures. Awesome. Okay. We're booking the tickets when we can. All right. Yeah. Nice. Done. Done. <laughs> oh man. I'm so in awe of this because I, I totally get collecting things because, you know, Siam has uh, like in the background here, he's got a guitar collection that he's always looking at. Like he wants to buy guitars constantly, especially the old ones that, you know, um, someone pretty famous has played and stuff. And so he wants to build like this whole room just for a guitar cabinet. So I appreciate, you know, wanting to collect the things, right? But how good does it feel, right, when you find this really cool camera that's kind of like you didn't think you would ever find this vintage camera and you get it in your hot little hands? What That's a great feeling, hey? It, you know what? It's so exciting for us when we go out and we find something where I'm like, hey, I'm pretty sure I've never seen this anymore. Admittedly, at this point, when we go out camera shopping at this point, we're like, got it, got it, got it, got it. Ooh, what's <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I syndrome. And like the one, one we picked up not too long ago, um, we were walking through one of our favorite antique places that's like, it's an old factory. And so there's like four floors. It's insane. But we're yeah. going through there and we're in a section that's usually just all furniture. And I'm like, is that a camera? I'm not sure, but it looks kind of like it's a camera. And my husband went over to look at it. And when we researched it online, it took us forever to find information because it was only made and released in Germany. They only made 12 of them. So even my friends who worked for Kodak at the time that it was produced, had never even heard of this camera before. They wow. had no idea how it ended up in Canada. And they wanted like 15 bucks for it because nobody knew anything about it. And we were like, okay. whoa. Snap that whoa. one up. <laughs> that is so cool. That yeah. is. So, so it, it's a lot do, of fun. Do you just do film camera or video cameras as well? For that collection, it's just film still yeah. cameras. We don't do the video cameras. Um, we're running into a problem where, like, we've long ago run out of space for cameras. So they're now, um, <laughs> our living room, dining room area has a plate rail from the people before us. It is now completely packed with cameras on top of our TV. <laughs> there are two glass cabinets. No, I'm wrong. There are three glass cabinets that we bought upstairs, plus a double wide one that we built from scratch. Plus there's another two downstairs in my husband's office. And then there's random other cameras that are just floating randomly around Love the house. You um, need like your next house needs to have like the camera wing of the house. Like, you know, have yeah. the east wing and the west wing of the house. You need like a camera wing. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, we just need a collections room because the other thing I have sitting over here that we started collecting recently, um, we both have a fascination with typewriters. So I have eight typewriters sitting beside me there. And then I have over a hundred different skeleton keys because skeleton keys started out as my thing. I'm obsessed with skeleton keys. Wow. Wow. 
So yeah, but we, we discovered typewriters was one that we can't collect too many of because they're kind of big. Yeah, and they're they're big. Big. <laughs> they are big. <laughs> Very cool though. Very cool. You could fit four or five cameras in the space of a typewriter. So <laughs> exactly. Oh no, we just Whoa. there's something we love about just these old items. And and for me, I'm like, they're all. To me, they're all like passages to a different time, right? We have yeah. this camera. one of my cameras in the collection was the one that I was given as a wedding gift from my husband. It's a Hassi. Oh. Um, it's my Hasselblad. And oh. it is the same model that they used to take on the expeditions to the moon. And then they would only bring wow. the film back, back and they would leave the camera there so that they had less weight to carry. So there's yeah. a whole bunch of these camera bodies on the moon. Wow. <laughs> Um, so that was a really cool wedding <laughs> gift. My husband definitely knocked that out of the park. Um, that's that's so, so cool. cool. It's just these little doorways, right? Like, I mean, the keys are literally <laughs> opening a door to a different area. But then when you think about our cameras are the visual communication and the typewriters are the written communication, right? Wow. And messages out in the world. I just got goosebumps. Oh, wow. So did I. Oh. That's insane. Okay, girls, light, enlighten me because I'm sitting here and I'm just going to be very vulnerable right now. What's a skeleton key? Oh, hold on. I have one <laughs> handy. <laughs> <laughs> I just That's like an old school I'll key. I'll probably no, go. No, no. Antique t- keys. And they used to open like a certain number, like a skeleton key is kind of like, the key that will open all of the doors. It's kind of like the master key. Oh. Is that right? But it's like the old school, like those ones. Oh, yes. Okay. Now I'm with you. I got you. Yeah. So I have a whole yeah. bunch of them in a printer's tray, an old, like, where they used to keep the type in. I have one of those set up that has a whole bunch of mine in it. And then I have, like, literally random baggies and bowls of keys sitting around that are yet to be displayed. I love that. <laughs> I love it. With your your business, because you do, you've got the wedding photography business and you're also teaching as well, but you've got your own online presence as well. You've got your own your own business that you are working with. Tell us about that. Like what is your vision for the work that you do in this world? The messages that you're wanting to get out there and how you're wanting to to help people. This has been a really interesting evolution for me. So it really came out originally because people were contacting me going, you've been in the wedding industry or in the photography industry for years now. I need help getting started. Can I book a couple hours with you and you can do some mentoring for me? And so it was a really informal thing, nothing I advertised. And then COVID came and suddenly weddings were not a thing. Wedding shoots in person were not a thing. So when my camera sat down, I was like, the work that I do with my photography has always been about supporting other women in important moments of their life in areas of transition, of evolution, right? Going from being a girlfriend and a fiance to a wife, starting a new life that way, being in business and deciding you're going to go in a new direction or you're stepping up in some way for yourself and you're booking a branding shoot to be able to capture that vibe of what you do. That's what it's always been about for me. And I was really missing that purpose-driven work where I was supporting other women. So I had kind of had on the back burner for a while that I'm like, well, I'm an educator and I'm a business owner for quite a while now. 
I could probably teach some things. There's things here that I get asked the same thing over and over again. I could probably do something with that. But I figured it was like a two to five year goal to start to do some of that. And then COVID happened and I went, okay, let's do it. I'll figure it out as I go. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so it's the same kind of purpose for me. It's about supporting women mm-hmm. who are going through a transition of some sort, who are going through an evolution. And a lot of that for me is about how they're making an impact in the lives of people around them and how they're recognizing their own dreams, not the dreams that we all seem to think we're supposed to have, but like, what is your actual dream in your heart that would make you happy and fulfilled so that you can spill that light over to other people? And so that's kind of where my coaching came from was doing a lot of work with other female entrepreneurs who are in those first couple of years where they're still figuring it out. I mean, the beginning, we we feel like we change our logo and our colors and, and our mission and what we want to do every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to work with people who are in that so that they can, instead of going from one mentor to another, one book to another and going, oh, I'm supposed to do it this way. Oh, I'm supposed to do it this way. To be able to find their own way through that. Yes. Um, this was a conversation that Shona and I just actually had um, as well that, you know, like I I went through that. My dad was an entrepreneur. So I grew up with him having his own businesses. And a lot of our traveling that we did was we would go a couple days early or stay a couple days late after a convention for one of his trade organizations. And so I kind of grew up around a lot of that. But my dad was in an industry where it was like, this is the way we do things. And so I was so used to seeing all of these mentors and speakers that were like, no, 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 this is the framework. You can play a little bit in that framework, but this is the way you do things. Mm. And so those were a lot of the same kind of mentors that I first sought out when I started my business was I was like, I need somebody to give me the template and then Mm. I can play a little bit in it. But like, this is the way we do things. Yeah. Don't stray from this. This is the way we do things. And, you know, I got really into that hustle culture and like, we have to hustle hard. We have to be working all the time, sacrificing all of our time for our businesses if we want them to grow and succeed. And then like everybody who's ever tried to do it that way, nothing fit right. It worked yeah. well enough, but it didn't feel great. Yeah. It burnt out. Yeah. I, I had a love-hate relationship with my business. Some days I hated it, some days I loved it. Some I did both at the exact same time. Um, mm-hmm. and so then I went to the other side of that spectrum where I, I went to all the people that were all about, you know, freedom and flowiness and feminine energy and and just put it out in the universe and it'll show up for you. And I was like, Okay, I love some of this messaging, but like I can't just let go of everything. So I yeah. have these two extremes, and so that's been a lot of my work in my own business and my life has been finding the in between. Yeah, yeah, that flow, yeah. that masculine and feminine, that figuring out how to do things for myself and how to stop that voice that's sitting there going, "No, no, no, you should do it this way. This is the only way, and if you don't do it this way, you're going to fail." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. There there needs to be a beautiful balance. Like being a feminine core being, the way that we feel led to run businesses would feel very different from a masculine core being. And it is, it has been very male dominated in the entrepreneurial world. So that makes sense that everybody's like, this is the system. You can't stray mm-hmm. from this. You can do a little bit of like whatever you want to do within this, but it's very much structured and everything tick, tick, has tick. its place because that's how the masculine mind actually works. But when Mm -hmm. you come into a feminine core being, it's like 
our mind does not work like that. Like our state is creation and it's messy and it's chaos, but without having some form of structure there, it like can go completely like wild and just unrestrained and just you don't even know where it's going to end up. So, Mm -hmm. sorry, I got a phone call. Um, (laughs) So, and and that's the thing, like having having a, a structure there or, you know, a framework in place that isn't that isn't like it has to be this way but it's just there to support you with however you want to make it work for you how you like to create how you want to create and what you want to create right now and that can easily shift and mold and change as we go as long as we've mm-hmm. got that structure there to hold us while we do that and i think that's like the magic the magic formula and it doesn't have to be you know 20% structure and 80% feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Like it can shift and change, yeah. which is so beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny that as you were talking about that I, connection that I hadn't even made yet just happened here, that one of my favorite quotes in the early childhood education field talks about the most important things we can give children are roots and wings. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, that's exactly what this is, right? Every every growing being, every plant that we see in nature, it needs roots and it needs a way to reach for that sunlight and go as crazy as it wants to. Yes. You can tell that plant how big or small its roots or its branches should be. It just goes wow. for it. And that's what we yeah. need. We need roots to keep us grounded. That's that yeah. structure. Some of us yeah. need more of it. Some of us need less. Yeah. yeah. And we need those wings to fly away. And maybe they're yeah. tiny little bumblebee wings. Maybe they're massive dragon wings. We yes. don't know, but we all need those things. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because either way, either side that you do this, it's not sustainable in the end. And, you know, it's, it took me a little, a lot, well, not a little, took me a long time to work that out. <laughs> I pay for some good coaching. It's taken me years to work that out. And it was just really like, okay, if I um, emulate somebody else's thing, then I can do that for a little bit and it's going to work for a little bit, but it's never sustainable. And it's kind of like, you need to be yourself. You need to have those foundations, the ones that resonate with you those foundations and then the creativity is all within you and how you want to do things all within you. Um, And it's interesting that I certainly love being able to tap into the energies of muses, of the people that I follow, the leaders I follow and tapping into their energy. I don't need to copy their formula. I don't need to, I don't need their blueprint to do, to succeed in where I am. But I love tapping into their energy because that's the boost that it gives me to be able to flourish. So I love that fact and I love that it is a balance of that. Like you're saying, Paula, the masculine and the feminine because, mm. you know, we all have both and we we require it to to be able to do this. And we have this dance with the entrepreneurship. You know, we, it, it is an, always an ebb and flow and there's always a dance of um being high and being low and it's one or the other of those things the masculine or the feminine that actually gets you out of that particular stuckness yeah yeah 
And also talking about the hustle, like it's, it, there's a difference between hustling and then and working and thinking like you have to work really hard to get the money and all of mm. that. But then also you know, there is people out there that are talking about like, oh, you just let it come to you and you need to lay back and not work so hard. And then, and then it'll all come to you. But it's like, there also has to be some work to be done there. It's like, even though I'm not hustling and grinding, I still do a lot of work, but it's actually work that, that, um, sustains my energy and grows my energy as opposed to energy that drains like doing Mm -hmm. things that drain my energy because I've worked really Mm -hmm. hard I need to kick back and just relax and just refuel because that's like burnt me out Mm -hmm. but I find when I'm in my energy and I'm working with that that flow and that freedom of creativity but feeling supported in in doing that within myself it's like it kind of keeps igniting the energy and like multiplying it almost so like you are still doing work and like just as much work but it doesn't feel draining it doesn't feel like you're tired at the end of the day it feels like oh my god that was a good day like yeah yeah it's elation yeah yeah it's that really inspired aligned action that it's like Mm -hmm. once the spark hits I will put in all the hours all the days because I'm like yes I am so in this it's that kind of hustle. It's the hustle with heart behind it, the where you're being led to and guided to, and then running with that with your whole passion behind it, as opposed to the checklist somebody else has given you of, I have to work at least 12 hours a day because that's what successful people do. And I need to take all these things off where you're just forcing something that has no purpose or passion behind it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting because I was talking to one of my clients yesterday about this very thing. It's just like, you know, feeling into what I should be doing and things. And I was like, if you were, if this was really you and you really loved it, you would be so far in it. We just see your feet sticking out. That's it. You know, but right now you're standing on the edge, staring at it. So that's your message. That's telling you, because when you really love something, you are full in. And, and that is, that's what gives you your energy. Sometimes you can be depleted of energy, but if you really love it, you become so alive that that's, that's your knowing. Yeah. There's, it's so interesting because there's this also, I find if I'm not doing the things that I actually want to do, but I'm telling myself that I need to be doing, you know, this, 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 and this, and I'm standing there staring at it going, well, I have to do this before I can do the fun stuff that I'm wanting to do. Yeah. That's like, I have to do that. And I'm in this place where I'm not taking any action whatsoever. Like mm-hmm. that in and itself drains my energy and it makes me feel yeah. like I've hustled, but I've actually done nothing. And I'm that's like, it. okay. <laughs> and then actually doing the thing that I know is going to fuel me I do that and it fuels me up. And then half of the stuff that I thought I had to do, I don't even do. I just do maybe one or two things that I think, okay, cool. Now that I've done this, I kind of feel led to do this. And then it's like everything else just sort of falls away because I'm like, oh, I didn't actually need to do that entire list of stuff. I just needed to follow what was fun and what felt like it was going to bring out my creativity. And then the stuff naturally got done Yeah, because it leads you. It does lead you, and that's what we need to surrender to. So I love your work, Rebecca. This is this is really cool stuff. And I loved, do you know what, actually, I love that you've been able to, um, word of the actual year, pivot, 
but I love that you've been able to adapt, you know, just because. <laughs> it's Ross. <laughs> okay, thank you. Pivot. That's all I'm thinking is friends with the couch. Yeah. Every time I hear the word pivot, it's like Ross is in my pivot. head. Pivot. Yeah. <laughs> It is the best. It's so, it's so us three. But yeah, like, you know, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. We've been able to, and you have very quickly been able to adapt. You had to put your camera down and you were forced to put your camera down. It wasn't a will I, will I, won't I kind of thing. It was just like, you have to, there's no choice here. But you were able to switch it really quickly. And, you know, whether that's the work you've done previously or that, you know, the mindset stuff that you do, your personal development stuff you do, but you have been able to like, okay, this is how I move now. And interestingly enough, interestingly enough is that I, that I can see it as a gift for you, like bigger, better things. It's beautiful. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, it's, it's been a really interesting journey. And it's funny when you're saying about like, just the way I've pivoted with things, the biggest factor for me in that was actually letting go of a lot of the professional development mm. I've done before and starting to be like, okay, there's things I can learn from that. And whatever truly resonates with me will get absorbed into what I'm doing. But instead of holding on to that by letting myself be free of it and just being like, you know what, I'm going to just roll with it and I'm going to see what happens. Like if you go on my Instagram for my coaching business and you look at when I started it, was it a year and a half, two years ago now, when all this craziness started and you start to look through it, you can watch my journey in the photos that are there, in the words that are there, you can see it go from the things I always thought it should be where, you know, it was stiff, it was professional, it was boring. And it was me going like, I, I'm a bit of a human design nerd. Um, and so it was me really working through my open head where it was like, I need to take in everybody else's information and then regurgitating things. Yeah. That's me but too. working from, from working from my open head wasn't a good choice for me. And once I learned yeah. a little bit more about my profile, I'm, I'm a six, three and both of those talk about being a leader by doing first, by doing things through trial and error and yep. learning from that yeah. and then sharing yep. that journey, sharing those stories. And so that's what I've stepped a lot more into is that it's like, well, you know what, like, this is really resonating with me. I'm going to just try it and see what happens and then from there, I can show other people, hey, this worked. Hey, this didn't work. Hey, here's a really cool idea that's taking some of my journey and some of what you're working towards. And it's like, if we can marry these things together in a way that feels good, mm. you're going to just be rocking and rolling. And I do that with clients all the time where I'm like, I know this isn't what we're talking about right now, but this piece from what you just said connected to this thing that I was trying out and here's how my experience went. And I wonder if these things could come together for you. And then it's like, I have no idea where that came from, but yeah, let's run with that. Wow. And it, it's a really cool thing. It yeah. is. It is. It's fascinating, isn't it? We've talked about um, human de- design before, Paula, on one of that with uh, Michelle Wong. And it's yeah. just, it was really resonated with me. It was just really, like, it really came home, hit hard, because it's like how we, it just takes so much longer to function and find the ways that we work best without knowing this. 
And then when we do find it, it's just like, okay, this makes, it's a piece of the puzzle. It just makes so much sense. It puts everything in together as a whole and away we go. And you're living proof of that. Like how, like what you just explained just then, it's like, see that it just makes total sense. Mm. It does. And it's just, it's a lot of that, like, like you said, it, it's a puzzle piece. It's a key that unlocks a door and things mm-hmm. suddenly connect in a way where you're like, I wondered why I always felt like doing that. I wondered why I always did things this way. And people around me told me it wasn't the right way. It wasn't the right way for them. Yeah, it's the way it. I'm designed to work. Exactly. Yes. It's so, wow. yeah. It like when you, when you really dive into this, it's like, why is this not like, like it's you're following your human nature naturally and especially I watch my kids and then we try and make everybody the same but yet we're born so individual to begin with none of us look exactly like another human being on this planet unless you're an identical twin but your personalities are always different like nobody's Mm -hmm. and I like an exact replica of somebody else but yet we all try to fit into the same looking, sounding, breathing type things, like type boxes. Yeah. We put ourselves in these boxes. And it yeah. like when you are on the other side of that, like you've been through that and then you're like, hang on, there's got to be more to life. Like I, I can't be working like this my whole entire life. This can't be it. And then you come out the other side and you start to do things from like, yeah, soul and start, start to leave from that space again. It's kind of mind boggling that we go through that. Like yeah. that's the norm. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> I know. Okay. I know. I, do either of you guys follow Rebecca Campbell at all? Ring the bell, but I don't follow. Okay. So there is a quote in, um, I believe it's in Rise, Sister Rise, but it might've been from Light is the New Black. I can't remember which book it's from, um, where like for me, it was the perfect quote because everybody talks about having to go out and find themselves or even about creating themselves. And she has this quote in there that says, call off the search party. I was here inside waiting all along. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yes, because it's, it's who we were. Like you said, as kids, when we were unhindered and we just did things the way we felt them. And then we built these walls around and we put it almost in a cage. And then it's yeah. like, we go looking for ourselves out there. And yeah, there are things out there that can help us to reconnect to that. But what we need to find isn't out there. It's already inside us mm. all along. It's so true. It's so yep. true. Well, it's almost like we we know that when we're kids and then we go through, you know, like society's always telling us that we need this externally to make us happier. We need this to make us like look better. And we need this for this. And we need this for this where like, it's, it's always within, we don't need that. Like emotions are generated from within your body. It's not, there's nothing external that we need to be looking for. We know this is so interesting. I was having, actually having a conversation in um, our messenger this morning with Shona, just going, do you know what, like a practice of me sitting every morning, I've been doing this over the past couple of months. Like I've always, I've been into meditation and in, you know, mindfulness for a while now. And I've always done like guided meditations and put music on and had something, you know, for my senses sort of thing. And 
now, like the past couple of months, it's really been like, I need silence. I need to connect to what's in here, not have something filtered in from the external. And it's like this next, like like before that was working for me, but now it's kind of like this other layers come off and it's like, no, we go deeper now. We go deeper. And I'm like, I need silence Mm -hmm. and I need just to connect to my breath. And it's kind of like the way that I described it to Sean, it was like, it's kind of like when you're in labor and you know, when you're at the really intense part (laughs) where it's like the baby's almost here and you go through the most intense contractions that you've ever had in your whole entire life. Like you're like, what even is this? And you've got to go so insular to get through it that you have to block you physically you have to block out everything else that's around you like I know for me it was pretty much like I had to block out what room I was in who was there what was being said to me I even had to block out my own thoughts and I had to go so inside like insular to be able to move through that wave Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like that I'm like I need to go inward so deeply to be able to connect to to my inner knowing because there's so many layers to like how it's changed and how many walls have been put up and how many um like ah oh, Julie Tanner has a beautiful way of describing this she's like it's like you've got this rose inside of you and it's like beauty in the beast and you know how they put the glass jar over the rose and the rose is slowly dying where that glass jar is there it's like you keep putting these glass jars over the top of this rose And then when you realize that the rose is what you need, you then have to take each glass jar off. It's not about just like taking the one off and then you're there. It's like Mm. all these layers that have been put on, you have to take them off one by one. And some come off quicker than others. And it's just, it's a beautiful journey to go through. It is a beautiful journey. You just made me emotional. (laughs) Oh, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) It is a beautiful journey. What you're witnessing here, Rebecca, like just being very raw and honest is, you know, all of us, each one of us that go through these, you know, entrepreneurship and spiritual awakening and personal development and we just go through these ups and downs and it's not anything to, to, it's not good and bad. It's absolutely what's required for growth. But it's like right now I'm in the down, the depth probably for the next two days. I don't know how long it's going to take. But this woman here, we show up regardless. We just show up regardless. We do the things. But this woman here is she just knows and she just she'll just hold me. And, like, we still do this podcast and she's she's there and like without even saying anything she's holding me through this and I know that she's lifting me up and whatever word she's saying whatever thing it's it's getting me through this and it's a beautiful beautiful thing to experience and so I like deep gratitude girlfriend I just yeah and I just wanted to share that because I want everyone who's listening to know that you don't have to be elite to be in this game. You don't have to have all your shit together in this game. You do not have to pretend that you don't go through sad times, dark times through this. We all bloody do. Yeah. And we need the support. And you can keep going, but it's 
okay to keep going while you're in it and not pretend that you're not in it mm. and be held. Yeah. I totally agree. We we have to be open to letting someone else hold us, letting someone else be in that space with us and embracing those highs and lows, ebbs and flows, whatever we want to call it today, because we're all on the journey and none of us are journeying alone. We all seem to think sometimes that we are on our own. This is a solo trip, but it's not because if we look around, there's other people in front of us, there's other people behind us and there's people beside us. And if we open our awareness up to that, then we can travel together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, yeah that's why I'm just yeah so loving your work Rebecca like keep going people need you yeah I say the same thing back to both of you you guys have no idea how much you guys have held and supported me even silently in the background over these last few months while I've been working through this and working through my own low I'm I'm coming out of about three months of sitting down in that real low spot yeah and I'm just yeah. heading back up the side of the mountain just a few steps ahead of you you guys have been there holding space for me and holding energy and giving me something to calibrate back to when I felt mm-hmm. completely isolated and on my own so yeah it's a two-way street girl yeah. oh. uh, so much love I know see that's and like right back at you Sean like it just and Rebecca like everybody who is like in this world and on this path like we're all here to hold one another and that's one of the one of the things that I love the most about what I can do and it doesn't seem like much but like you know, having a mass, the mastermind group that I have and, and creating spaces, like even like the selfie Queens course and, and being able to do like the retreats and stuff like that inside of there. And like just creating experiences for people to be a part of and to know that they're not alone. Like the selfography mm-hmm. 30 creative mission is like, that was just an idea. I'm like, Oh, I could just put, you know, some creative prompts for people to like be able to create more photos from it, which is really fun. But it, quickly became this community of women coming together and going like sharing how it feels to be seen and to be witnessed by, by them, by themselves, like witnessing themselves. And then also a group of women doing that too, and witnessing one another and just knowing that there's a space that they held through that. Yeah. So the more that we can help other women in particular, you know, do this work, like you are Rebecca, like the more beautiful this planet is going to be because we're we're leading the way in so many different things. Like we've all got our own little nuances and like, you know, things that we're really amazing at. And yet we're all share like showing up as leaders of, of holding one another, of just yeah. being like, there's room for everybody. We get to, we get to hold one another through this. And it's not about you know, being the top dog, being the alpha in the room and all of that, which is very masculine, but it's about this space for everybody. Everybody's creative in their own way. That's all yeah. beautiful. And it all, yeah. can all work together. So Absolutely. It's like holding everyone's hand. Looking, you know, for me, it's just like, just hold my hand for a second while I catch my breath and then I'll be right back. You yeah. Know? But it's like, yeah, it's not leaving me alone in the darkness. <laughs> It's not what we do here. We don't no. do that to anybody. It's just like it doesn't matter whether you're celebrating 
the biggest thing that's ever happened in your life or you just need to take a breath. You know, we've got you regardless, 100% unconditional. I'm going to add on to what you just said there, because you just said about how we don't leave anybody in the dark. But the thing I have noticed being part of both of your communities for, I don't even know how long I've been around with you guys, but quite a while now, Yeah, you don't leave anybody in the dark. But when you go to bring them out of the dark, you also don't blind them with the light. You find the middle ground where it's like, if you want to go to that bright place, I'm here. But if step one is just stepping just out of the shadow and holding my hand, just being here. Yeah, that's okay that's- too. Because I've seen communities that do both where they let you hide in the shadows and sit yeah. in that dark place by yourself and you feel isolated and alone or yeah. that their way of bringing you out, they blind you with so much light yeah. that you run away. You run away scared because yeah. I mean, you guys have a beautiful balance in between where you hold this beautiful space for people to be where they are and to know that they're never alone, that you're there holding their hand, whether that's for a long time or just for a moment to catch their breath. Thank you. I'm crying. (laughs) Hey, do you know how badly I wish I could just hug you guys right now? (laughs) I'm like, we're talking about this. I'm like, I totally want to hug you or hold your hand or something like Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I am so... Wow. So this is the podcast episode that um, (laughs) Rebecca makes all of us cry. (laughs) It wasn't intentional. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That was just beautiful to receive. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, and just tell us where people can find you and what you have going on and how they can connect with you in your world and work with you. I would love to. I love connecting with people online. So if you're looking for my photography side of things, you can look me up, Rebecca Nash Photography, Instagram, Facebook. Those are the main two ones that I use, but I'm kind of everywhere. Reach out and say hello. I would love to get to hear from you. If you're looking more at the coaching side of things or some of the courses I have coming up, that's over at Rebecca Nash Emerson. It's just my name. I keep it simple. You'll recognize me in the photo with my crazy hair. I think the photo is still purple, but we've got to update that. Yes, always the mermaid hair. (laughs) Love it. Always the mermaid hair. And um, actually, we've got a couple new things coming out that I'm really excited about. So first up, we have a playful purpose. And this comes out of literally this journey that we've been talking about, about finding that in between, between the structure and the play, the airy fairy, no direction, and that you must do it this way. And finding the place in the middle where you can be playful and have fun and be joyful, all the silly things, but you can do all of those things to pursue something that has heart behind it, that has passion behind it, that has purpose in your life. You can playfully follow your purpose. You play so that you can get those aligned actions, those inspired moments that you run after with your full heart. So we're really excited. That's going to, it's actually the first time it's coming out. It is the only round that is going to be fully live. Um, After this, it is going to become an evergreen course with a few live Q and A's in it, but that is something that's really exciting. Oh, that's beautiful. 
I'm beyond excited for that to start. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll be bringing out new rounds of photos for biz babes. So this is all about learning how to do better photos with whatever camera or phone you have around you and all the different styles. We go through a little bit of the technical, but in a conversational way. And then we go through the different kinds of photos that you can create for yourself as creative projects, but also to be able to tell stories in between sessions. So we talk about what you can do for stories, but also for your feed posts. We go through, I do a little bit on selfies. If you want more selfies, we already know who the selfie queen is. <laughs> um, we touch on selfies, but this complements what you learn from selfie queens. Uh, and we go through and do like flat lays, oh. nature photos, and how to tell a story in a photograph, as well as how to use um, some, some simple tools to be able to help enhance those photos in between your photo shoots with your professional photographer. Because you always have a story mm-hmm. to tell and you so have those yeah. inspired yeah moments that you need to be able to capture it and share it now not two weeks from now when you have your next session yeah coming out and then one after my own heart heart centered branding the idea of we can take so much from you know the the formal design work and you know color psychology and all of that but if it doesn't come from your heart if it doesn't connect to you it won't connect you to your people it'll connect Mm. to people not for people. So how do we go into our hearts to figure out what our brand should look and feel like? And how do we communicate that? And that's what that course is all about. So those are my next three things coming out. I kind of wanted to run them all at the same time because I'm freaking in love with all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And do one at a time. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. But... If you check out Instagram, it. you'll find all the information on there. There's links to everything. And if you can't find it, just DM me. I'm always in the DMs. Yes, and I love right. to hear from people. We will have all of your links in the show notes anyway. If you want to check Rebecca out, please go see this beautiful sunshine, this mermaid. And oh my God, you are divine. You are so divine. We love you so much. We have so much gratitude for you. And thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's an absolute honor and a pleasure. And I think my face hurts from laughing and smiling too much. Come Ouch, ouch, ouch. Wow, Wow,